Hello, podcast listener. The App Guy podcast. Every Sunday and Thursdays. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'll be your host, I'm Paul Kemp. And it's my job today to take you on a journey, a journey with another guest where we explore what they're doing in the world as an entrepreneur. And we've had some amazing guests on the show ranging from authors, app developers, entrepreneurs, and I really do invite you to go check out some of the other episodes if you haven't come across them already. If this is your first time, welcome to you. I know you're thoroughly going to enjoy the podcast that we have today for you. Uh, So if you're an indie app developer, a business owner, an entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. So my guest today is all the way from the Gold Coast in Australia. His name is Dan Norris, and Dan is the founder of WP Curve. WP Curve are a WordPress solution. So if you're tearing your hair out with WordPress, go and check out wpcurve.com, and there you get unlimited WordPress support every month, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. As a way of introducing this subject, I know from my own experience, when I started using WordPress back in 2008, I had a real tough time getting my head around it. It used to be pretty tough back then. You had to upload config files and uh, it was uh, really hard to do on your own server. And even though it's got easier, you're still pulling your hair out with all these different plugins and with server issues and updates. So Dan has really stumbled across a great business idea, and I'm thrilled that you could join us today, Dan. So welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for the intro, and I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to it. So Dan, if you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your business. Right, well, I think you summed it up. I mean, the, the prior to seven months ago when we started WP Curve, I, I had ran various businesses for about seven years. Um, for the, for most of that time, I was running just a normal sort of web agency, just a local, really small local sort of freelance slash agency, just a typical um, small shop with me and a couple of others. Um, and I sold that in 2012 and I basically gave myself a year to build another business. And after 11 and a half months, I, I wasn't anywhere near close to it. And that's when I launched WP Curve and thank thank goodness it worked and now I'm still an entrepreneur and not working for someone else because <laughs> otherwise otherwise it might have gone the other way. You know, Dan, that story is going to resonate with so many listeners. I mean, we're all trying to make our own way and I love the fact that you've had a self-imposed deadline and personally, if it was me, I would have probably extended beyond the 12 months and decided to live rough on the beach. Well, well, I've got a family, so it's not an option. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a family as well. And I, I guess those options now are somewhat limited. So Dan, take us back to that time, the two weeks you had left and you just before you decided to set up WP Curve. Take us back to that point in time and talk us through 
what happened? Well, I thought of a bunch of different ideas. I was just talking about this in a forum this morning. I should, I should dig that up as we're talking because it's it probably gives me some specific things I can talk to people about. But um, yeah, what forum is that, Dan? Oh, it's in um in Superfast Business, which is James Shramko's forum. It's a paid paid forum. I I kind of like paid forums because there's the less noise and and less spam and um. So I'm in a couple of paid forums. This one in Dynamite Circle which is a really good one. Yeah, I've heard of Dynamite Circle through a podcast I listen to. It sounds great. Something I think I need to check out and certainly I encourage anyone listening to check out as well. So you've got this forum. Yeah, we were just talking about the... Someone someone put a thread in about like how do you choose what service to build and so I, I went through like my notes from when I... Basically like when we decide to build a new service or you know, at the time I was thinking about whether or not well, I mean, at, at the time I was in a position where I had to start something else. I didn't have a choice, but I did have a choice about what I started. So I needed some criteria to look at um, and I had a bunch of things I could have done. I mean, I've, I, I, don't, I can't really do anything particularly well, but I can do a lot of things. So I, I could have chosen, you know, any number of different services to focus on, but I wanted to build something scalable. So it, it had to be something simple and scalable and I had a list of 10 different criteria that I used to um, come up with those things rather than rattle those through I might just paste them in here you can include them in the show notes but it's just things like choosing something that's scalable something that solves a clear problem something that impacts on a big market and something that we enjoy working on so these are all like the different criteria that I have and I had a bunch of different things I could have chosen but the doing WordPress small fixes fit the criteria better better than anything else because I've known it for a long time and I had one developer who was extremely good at it and I knew I could get more. And I had a big audience of people who I built up through content marketing who I knew most of them used WordPress and, and all of them have had the problems like like you mentioned at, at one stage or another, which which come with having a, a fully customizable platform. You can't you can't have that customization without running into problems from time to time. So I chose that business model and I, I launched it within two days of thinking of the idea and within a week I had 10 um, recurring customers and within six or seven months I think we had about 150. Well that's a beautiful story Dan and an inspiring story to me and the listeners. I'm looking at the 10 points now and I can see that they're all relevant to the app developers, indie app developers and so uh, yeah if you want to go and find those uh, you can go to my website it's onemob.com that's o-n-e-m-o-b.com just click on the little button there for uh, podcasting and uh, just go and search for Dan Norris and you'll see those 10 bullet points there. And yeah, they seem very applicable to both web developers and app developers. Yeah, I think sometimes you need to, like I need that list there to look at because I, I think of a new idea and a service. And I think, oh, that'd be cool. Or sometimes you think, oh, I've got that problem. So I'll scratch my own itch. But you, but you don't sort of step back to think about some of these bigger things like like that first one I've got on there solves a clear problem in a unique way is so important. And without that, our business wouldn't work at all. But but we're solving a problem that everyone has and everyone's already paying to solve. And we're doing it in a bit of a unique unique way with the with the subscription service and the 24-7 live chat, etc. So like that's pretty much our business in a nutshell. Without that, the business wouldn't exist. So so that's, yeah, that, that's one of the big things to think about. But there's other things, especially 
are you going to enjoy working on it and does it target your core audience and that kind of thing? You know, Dan, I wish I'd seen these earlier. I'm just looking around my office and I can see a bunch of different things that I jumped into and that failed. Uh, in particular, I'm looking at a bracelet that has a QR code and I wanted to have people wear that and scan the QR code to give away their uh, social media profile. Uh, another failure. So yeah, I wish I'd had seen these uh, points about five years ago. Well, I could tell you one failure for every single one of these. Uh, I've, I mean, I've, I've had so many failures, I could go through every single one and tell you a different story about each point. So I, I build this up and I constantly refer to it. And every time we do something wrong, which has happened as recently as two weeks ago, I look at this and I kind of figure out what we did wrong based on this list. Well, you and I are in good company, Dan, because Facebook, they recently launched uh, quite a few different things. Uh, some of those have failed. And so if Facebook fail, then you know there's room for uh, people like us to fail. And I just want to pick up on something you mentioned uh, earlier. You talked about uh, a big following. Uh, how did you build up this following? Yeah, well, I probably shouldn't have said big audience because that makes me sound like a bit of a wanker. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a big audience, but it was an email list and a, a, um, a website that people visited I wasn't getting a huge amount of traffic. I think probably when we launched seven months ago, we we're probably getting maybe 10,000 visits a month. Um, and, and I probably had an email list of about four, four or 5,000 people. But I mean, how I got that was I spent the 12 months prior to that working on a software app. And I, I, I did about 200 pieces of content that year. And I, you know, gave away a lot of like a lot of free access to the app and built my email list that way and did a lot of guest posting and I started a podcast and did 50 odd podcast episodes and so I went completely nuts with content built an audience but I, I built, an, built an audience for a product that they didn't want and so for me it was just a case of giving them a product they did want and that's that's obviously a good thing about building an audience is not to say that that's what you have to do it's that's that's what I like doing and that's a business model that suits me it might not be what suits the typical app developer but um, that's I think that's part of the criteria as well is you've got to choose something that plays to your strengths and that you enjoy and um, building an audience putting content out there and writing is are all things that I enjoy so that's sort of core to our business I was just thinking back to a time when I was using WordPress quite a lot Dan and I ended up uh, going to a workshop where I was taught about uh, list building and that was back in 2008 and I built this list up, oh, it must have been about 20,000, and it was through a lot of um, really poor strategies. So I had a big list, but the engagement was really low. And what I, I guess, realize now is it's not in the numbers. It's probably more to do with the engagement uh, that you get from your list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the numbers really don't mean a whole lot. Like, like if, if you look at our business and we've got, 150 customers or, or however many it is, that's a very, very small percentage of the, you know, the 10,000 odd people who are, who are probably in our database somewhere on our email list. Um, but, but I mean, but, but it is a huge, a huge benefit either way to have people who listen to what you're saying. So we know when we put a content piece of content out there, or when we launch a product, we do have people we can tell about it. So we overcome that first hurdle, which is which is a very, very big hurdle. So let's talk about your content strategy, Dan. You mentioned that you had this period where you went crazy with the amount of content that you put up online. 
and I think we can learn a lot from you. So perhaps you can talk us through your content strategy. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole idea of selling my last business and starting this one was that I wanted to create a business based off my strengths. And one of my strengths is, is the ability to produce a lot of content. I mean, this is we're refining what we do with content marketing every day, and it's changing all the time. But, but when I started, I, I really just decided to do as much content as I possibly could. And I tried to make it as good as I could. And I kind of studied the posts that were doing well and the ones that weren't doing well. And I started to refine the content that I did to try and get the most amount of traction. And before I knew it, I, I mean, I sort of just went from writing posts that no one's reading to, I had a couple of posts that, you know, got like 200 tweets and, and three or 4,000 visits or maybe even more for some of them. Um, just by sort of working out what I was good at, making sure I put a lot of extra effort into the research and the formatting and the amount of words and the the extent to which the content actually solved a specific problem for people. Um, and yeah, and all of that, all of that resulted in me being able to develop a bit of authority and the podcast helped with that as well. The, the podcast helped a lot with relationships and authority to, to the point where our business has been featured in all over the place, you know, for a seven month old business, I couldn't imagine starting a business the way I did the first time compared to, you know, what we've experienced for the last seven months. And I think a lot of that is just an in sort of an indirect result of the authority and the trust you build up when you, when you put a lot of time into doing content. Just on the subject of getting a following, Dan, I've been using an app called Some All. And what it does is it enables me to just scan the impact and engagement I'm having in social media. It's a pretty good app. Have you come across it? I have, but the app I, I this the software app I, tr I basically created um, before WP Curve was a mobile app for showing you all the stats from various places. And as part of doing that, um, I looked at a whole bunch of different competitors doing the same thing. And some all were one of those. They were they had a fair bit of money and they had something that looked really nice. Um, and I think at the time they were free. I don't know if they're still free, but there was there was a bunch of them. So Dan, let's shift gears a little bit. This is the App Guide podcast. So what phone do you carry? It's a Galaxy Note 2 and it definitely does have a beautiful screen on it, except it's been dropped three times, so I can barely even read it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can get through to September when hopefully the new iPhone will come out and I can go back to iOS. But I do have about five or six iPhones in this house. So <laughs> I just bought this for the screen size and it's been a bit of a mission to get across from iPhone to Android. There's a lot about this that really annoys me. And so I'd love to know a little bit about what apps get you through the day. Well, um, I, I've got a few on here. I use, the, I use one called Jabberoo for live chat, which is not very good, but it's... Um, Olark, the live chat company, don't have a better one yet. And that's what we use for our business. If, if, if I'm away from the office and I need live chat. I've got an app called Untapped, which is a craft beer, like social network type app, which is just not relevant at all to this podcast at all. But it's worth mentioning craft beer if you can ever mention it. I don't, I don't know if there's anything else businessy. I mean, I use Google Drive for... Google Drive and Trello are probably the two main businessy type ones we use. Google Drive I just use for everything. And I, I just noticed during the week that really slash their prices to the point where they're like 400% cheaper than Dropbox or something. So we use Trello for basically tasks. And at, at the moment, we're even using Trello as like a sort of a support system. 
which is, which is actually how we internally manage all of our jobs and all our developers and we're outgrowing it. But at the moment, we, we still use it for that and all of our personal tasks. So that's... You know, I've not come across Trello, Dan. Perhaps you could tell me a little bit about it. Tr- yeah, tr- Trello is sort of like if you can just picture a wall with post-it notes on it and you kind of drag them and move them around and put someone's face on one post-it note and they know that's what task they're doing. Basecamp is, I don't know, I've, I've never really gotten into Basecamp. It's a, it's a bit of a funny one. It, it looks The newer version sort of looks nice, but it, it was always very kind of rigid and Trello's really, really flexible. But with that flexibility comes a difficulty when you, like you kind of outgrow it. Like we're outgrowing it now because we've just got too many jobs and uh, too much to manage in there. Um, but it's awesome for either individuals or small teams. It's 100% free. I don't know how or why. I know they've got over a million users, so I mean, I'm sure they could just press a button and and make a lot of money from it. But at the moment, it's free, and the mobile app's quite good. The iPhone app's pretty good. The Android app's good, um, and the app on the computer's good. And just for basic tasks, and really good if you've got a really small team of like three people, because you can just sort of drag someone's face onto a task. And um, yeah, so that's that's a, that's a really good one. I was actually thinking of Google Drive, and when that first came out, it was really hard to use. There was a lot of features missing, but in the last update, uh, some real enhancements. I mean, I love it now. You could get a lot of things that you can from the desktop on Google Drive, so I'm a big fan of that now. Yeah, well, the the I don't know when they did that, but I know when I moved to Android, I was really impressed with the Google Drive app and less impressed with Evernote. To, to a point where I hardly use Evernote anymore because if I if I want to create a little bit of content on a on a document then I can just easily do that on Google Drive. I think for a while there you couldn't even edit docs on mobile, but now for me it it almost replaces Evernote. It's much easier to manage files in there I think. And then if you if if the if the note kind of grows then it can become a full blown document and you don't need to move it from Evernote into Google Drive. So I was just thinking back to a guest that we had on the App Guy podcast. It was probably episode 31, and his name was Booty Vogue, and he uh, is a music label uh, owner, and he uses SoundCloud quite a lot. He actually wrote a book, The Bible of SoundCloud, and I think SoundCloud is becoming a really popular way of getting podcasts out there. It really does help because you can just stream the content, and it's really easy to use to go back to episodes so i'm starting to use soundcloud a lot more than i ever have yeah i don't use it um but i've, I've seen people start using it. it makes sense to me it, i mean it's sort of sort of turning into like a youtube for audio right so you, you're getting the benefit from being on their platform as well as 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 putting the embed on your own site it, it actually took it took me a long time to find a decent podcast app on android because they're all kind of horrible but they got better really quickly and the one i use at the moment is called pocket casts and I like the ability to stream a podcast as well, like when I'm not organized and then download a podcast when I am organized. And um, Stitcher, on at least on Android, doesn't have the ability to do that. And um, the podcast app on iOS does, and that's what I liked about it. Although it was pretty rough when it first came out, I do like the fact that you can just download something if you're at home on Wi-Fi and you're organized enough to know what you want to listen to for the day. Um or you can just stream it, and you can do that with one called Pocket Casts on um, Android, which I, which is the one I use. And how are you hosting your podcast, Dan? I'm guessing you're using WordPress and hosting it on your server. 
and doing some things with plugins. Yeah, um, I've I've got a big actually. That was one of the one of the first posts I did. Um, was a podcasting guide, which is which was probably the first post I did that got like a decent number of tweets. I think it. I've this, this, these were actually all on my old domain, so the the amount of tweets and the comments and stuff aren't aren't all there. But I'll give you a link to this post. But this sums up. This hasn't really changed since I started it. This sums up what we do, um, which is. Basically, we host our files ourselves, and we use um, Blueberry plugin on WordPress, and we use the Blueberry Media Stats, which is a free service, which basically tells us how many downloads we're getting. It, they don't actually host the files; they don't do anything other than like log a hit every time someone downloads a, a file. So I use that for the media stats, and then we just host the we just upload the files to our server. Well, that's great. I've just got that come through. That is the beginner's guide to podcasting, and I'll put that on the show notes as well. So if you go to onemob.com, uh, O-N-E-M-O-B.com, and hit the podcast and go to Dan Norris's uh, episode, then you'll find uh, the uh, link there to the Beginner's Guide to Podcasting. And you know, this is just so good because every time I ask a question, you seem to come out with some great content, Dan. This is what I do on my mastermind call every week. It's someone asks a question and I'm just like, oh, I've got an article. For <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got content for everything. <laughs> we'll talk about anything, I'll give you a post. <laughs> so Dan, before we say goodbye, perhaps you can share with us what it feels like to run your own business. We have indie app developers and people working in corporations who are perhaps sitting on the fence and they want to start up their own app business. Tell us how it feels. And when you were getting close to that two-week deadline before you had to go and get a job and report to a boss, how scared were you? Right. <laughs> um, well, if, it just feels normal for me to run my own business because I've been doing it for eight years. Um, how, how scared was I? Pretty scared. Not scared, just... Um, oh, just depressed is probably a better word. Because I don't think I really believed it was going to happen. Because I think I just thought that I would I would find a way of making sure it didn't happen. But but when I did start looking at the job sites, I mean it's a, it's a mixed feeling because I've also had a lot of ups and downs in entrepreneurship. And I know I could get a job where I got paid a lot more money and a lot more consistent money, and my family would probably be better off at least in the short term. And you've always got that in the back of your mind when you're working on a business and you're not earning as much as you could in the workforce. So it's just a, a whole crazy set of mixed emotions that you have but I mean I didn't want to go back and get a job but I also don't want to paint a rosy picture for people who do have jobs and think that they can just become an entrepreneur and everything's fine and everything's so much better I mean there's ups and downs and there's there's a lot of good things about having a job and there's a lot of good things about being an entrepreneur <laughs> but for I mean for me I just I know I can't go back to having a job you can't work for yourself for eight years and go back to having a job so if there's any potential employers listening to this podcast and I'm applying for a job in your organization, then you definitely should turn me down because it'd be a disaster. Yeah, yeah, it's true that it is a roller coaster, that's for sure. I mean, I was working, oh, it must have been about seven years ago now. And if you'd have told me back then that I would have to get up at 5, 5.30, uh, there would be some parts that I wouldn't get paid for. And I would have just said, you were crazy. There's no way I'm doing that. Well, the, the worst part is you have to do a lot of stuff you don't enjoy. Well, that's the thing. It takes a while to adjust. You know, it took me a, a while to actually get around to the idea of uh, working for myself and uh, just the mindset that you need to go through. 
and uh, there's no way I would think about going back now. I mean, uh, we do all this stuff, you know, we have a passion, and uh, I have started to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning to do this podcast, and I just love what we do, and uh, I really do like the whole idea of a transformational change. Yeah, and I think the like the, the podcasting thing is almost replacing the community aspect that you have at work. And I think that's one of the, potentially one of the downsides of going and working for yourself. I mean, the, the goal is always, well, at least for me, it's always to start a reasonable sized company that employs people. And, um, but when you start, when you start out, it's just you and it can be lonely and you don't have that community. And the podcast is really good for that because there's a whole bunch of people like you or, or me or all the other entrepreneurs we've talked about, um, that just love talking about this sort of stuff. So, you know, having the podcast just is a really easy way to, to kind of exercise that need and or satisfy that need and, and talk to a whole bunch of interesting people doing interesting things. And I, th- I think that's something I'd probably definitely miss if I had to work for someone else. Like if I worked for someone else, it would have to be in that kind of capacity where you could still just pick up the phone and talk to other entrepreneurs, you know, whenever you wanted to, every time you wanted it, a, a problem solved, you could, talk to an expert and um that's that's the beauty of entrepreneurship because it is a bit of a community um that you know everyone's everyone has the same kind of need that they want satisfied and everyone's happy to chat dan i could chat to you all day it's been a really interesting interview and i know we've both got work to do so how best can we reach out and connect with you well there's probably a few things um if you go to sevendaystartup.co, that's at the moment it's just an email opt-in, and that's I'm going to email people a free sample chapter from a book I'm writing called The Seven Day Startup, which is um, it's going to talk about all this stuff that I went through, all the points I made there about choosing ideas and all the failures I had creating that software app. So if you've got people in your audience who want to create a business, and I suppose particularly an app business, which is where a lot of my lessons have come from, then sevendaystartup.co is the email opt-in for that, and I'll send you a free sample chapter when that's up. I'm actually considering putting the whole book out for free, so if you jump on that list and I do put it out for free, I'll just email it to you. If I don't, then you can complain, <laughs> and I'll probably just send it to you for free anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so our site is, our normal site is wpcurve.com, and uh, there's a bunch of content up there. And if you just want to email me with any questions, it's just dan at wpcurve.com. So if you want to find out more about Dan Norris, I just suggest you put that into Google and you'll find that he is all over the internet. He's done loads of content and loads of podcasts. I've listened to a few of them and they're really worthwhile. So definitely go and check it out. And it just leaves me to say, Dan, that I appreciate you coming on the, the App Guy podcast and hope to get you back on a future episode. Awesome. And yeah, anytime. Thanks. And thanks for waking up early too. You, you, you should go get some rest. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy podcast goes out every Sunday and Thursdays.